Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. It's just a, a great conference that is at a, at a point right now where they're, I think, clearly the best group of five conference in the country. The state of fun, Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history. Uh, and we got to continue to showcase uh, what our league is about. We're at the midway point of the season for the Sunbelt Conference. Fun Belt Podcast coming at you again. Dusty Thibodeau of Warhawk Report. Jeremy Harper from HowlRazor.com. Ben Moore from PantherTalk.com. But we got a room full of guys. We have five guys, as a matter of fact. Well, four of the five guys. Of the five guys, they cover the G5. They're here with us to recap this past week of Sunbelt Conference action and then kind of do a quick breakdown of how has that first half of the season of Sunbelt football been and what can we expect this second half. So welcome in, everybody. Let's go around the room, five guys, and uh, get the introductions going. Yeah, man. Hey, Dusty, thanks for inviting us on. Uh, Matt Sprouse, the group of five guys. We're fired up. We're fired up for Sunbelt football. I mean, we we cover all the group of five, but we we sure as hell dig us some Sunbelt. So we appreciate you having us on. Well, we've never had this much manly testosterone <laughs> inside inside the green room here at Sunbelt Podcast. So I hope you guys ate all the beef jerky, drank all the beer out of the refrigerator, and are ready to talk a little bit of Sun little Sunbelt football. I just got done eating Indian food, so I'm just hammering down some beers right now because my mouth's on fire. <laughs> Uh, but this is a, a swag bear, Jesse Grisham, from the group of five guys. Uh, excited to be here, like Sprouse said. Uh, Sunbelt football, it's been probably one of my more favorite conferences to watch this year, and for good reason. I mean, it's just been every weekend. You just, it's something crazy's happened. Yeah, it, it, the games are hard to pick. Um, a lot, it, there, there is like maybe a little separation between three teams in the conference, but everybody else seems to be pretty, pretty even. So it's just been fun to watch. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'll go ahead and introduce myself. I don't. I, I didn't know if I spoke out of turn or not, but Zeke Anderson here. Uh, very excited about the Sun Belt. Very excited about tonight's game. I actually did some research. We all before the season we all picked a, a conference to do some research on, and and I was fortunate enough to have the Sun Belt. So I have a lot of interest in that. Well, hopefully you can break the Sun Belt down for us because we've been having trouble doing that all year. <laughs> I think you you and me both, so. <laughs> and uh, introduce myself. My name is Tyler Tipton, uh, fourth member of the group of five guys. Uh, really excited about this episode and recapping and seeing what we've, what we've noticed and what we've seen the first half of the season so far and excited to talk about the future and what we can look forward to the second half of the season. So we rewind to week six last week. It got started. Jeremy was hanging out in Jonesboro with Commissioner Keith Gill. Yeah. The Shants literally decapitated the Red Wolves. I don't know if you saw the video on the Twitter where they had the jigsaw cutting the wolf head off. Jeremy, I I, I did shed a tear for you, though, when I saw that. Because I was like, somewhere Jeremy's curled up in a ball just going, no. It was rough. let Let me ask you guys a question. What is Calvin Austin, Davis Brin, Logan Wright, and Isaiah likely have in common? They had monster games against Arkansas State. 
Exactly. Not only did they have monster games against Arkansas State, they came away as Offensive Player of the Week for their conferences after playing Arkansas State. Well, that's pretty. That's amazing. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I'll go back to that. I mean, that decapitating of the wolf thing. Look, I've got two dogs. I love it. That look very similar to that. <laughs> Game of Thrones, baby. I love that, it. that animal. And I was like, all right, Coastal. Yeah, you, some of your antics were pretty good, pretty funny, but hey, I think that, was, we, that was pretty psychotic. Not only that, they bring in grandma's <laughs> like electric yeah. chainsaw in there, and and, yeah. and 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 they have trouble even cutting off the head, <laughs> which is just embarrassing enough. Now I know uh, Coach Lunsford; he used to like body slam chairs. Yeah. But at least you know chairs. You're like, okay, it's a chair, but this is like you know you're you're decapitating Benji. It was yeah. just kind of rough to look yeah. at, a little psychotic. I asked my wife about it. She's a uh, she's a, a counselor. I said, well, what would you do if you had a client? <laughs> he was just posting videos of himself chopping off yeah. dog heads with an electric <laughs> chainsaw. And she'd say, I'd probably recommend that they be committed. So, it, it is a little strange for the, uh, I don't know, 15th ranked team in the country who has yeah. a schedule that has seven total wins, seven and 21. So pipe down, Coastal. Your time's <laughs> Uh, I, I am I am not on board with the uh, with the shot train, and uh, I uh, let's just see if someone does that to uh, Coach Chadwell's mullet once this uh, this run waves away. I'm it's funny, it's funny you say that. I mean, I mean like I'm I've been about. saying for about four weeks. Well, I'm say this is week one. I said they're going to lose two or three games this year. Every game I've been picking them to lose. I mean, I I, I picked your boys, Dusty. I picked Lawman Road up. Said them a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Hella wrong on that one. Um, <laughs> but but I will say. You know, Chanticleers, they might be overrated to an extent. But of all their wins this past weekend, I was probably the most impressed because they went to Arkansas State. I feel like wasn't that Arkansas State's blackout? I've always had a sense of respect for Arkansas State playing there because I always got my ass whipped at Arkansas State. And just seeing them come in there, just dominating on offense. And the Chanticleers, they probably are due for a loss, but – I want to hate the Chanticleers just like anybody else, but I was down on the sidelines before the game started and you could see there was a difference between those guys and Arkansas state guys. Those guys are huge. I mean, the, their defensive linemen, their offensive linemen, they got big in two years. I don't know where it happened. I don't know yeah. how it happened. I don't know if there was some sort of comet or meteor that struck Conway and, and gave them gamma radiation. I don't know what it is, but just by the eyeball test, they're a legit team. Now I don't their 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 schedule has been hilariously and comically easy, but um, but so far, you know, I, I I can't take too much away from them. I think they stole some ditch water there from Georgia Southern, and, and that's <laughs> they had a, what, what happened. They had a lot of transfers come in when when I I went. That was one of the teams that I I put a heavy focus on, and they they had some big big boys coming in, so. Yeah, their their schedule is has been easy, and that's why they're you know not in contention on the on the single digit rankings. But I think they're good. I, I believe the hype. I drank the Kool Aid before, and I'm still drinking it. So well, they uh, what was it? I, I don't know if it was Chadwell or somebody associated with the uh, Coastal made a comment like it pisses them off that everybody thinks they're this gimmick. This yeah, you know they're they're cute. They got haircuts, whatever, whatever. They got you know whatever teal turf. And he's like, we got NFL guys, man. And and I think during the game, they said likely's a top seven or eight tight end, according to Kuiper and those guys. So he was I mean, a preseason guy. Yeah. He, 
God, but he had a season's worth of stats yeah. <laughs> the other night. Oh, yeah. so. He had four touchdowns against Arkansas State. And he's, you know, when he's running down the field, he looks like almost like a cartoon out there. He's just bigger than everybody else. He, he is, whatever they say about likely, he, he's earned that. And then so he is a really good player, should be in the NFL. Like yeah. I said, I think Coastal Carolina is a great team. I think they have to constantly beat people in the Sun Belt by about 50 points if they want to keep appearing in the AP poll. I think they understand that. So they go in just saying, we're just going to have to pile up some points. Uh, once they meet somebody with a little more, more meat on their bones, I don't know if, if, if that, that continues. But right now, they look pretty tough. The next yeah. game we had over the weekend, Troy, back in the win column there, 27-24 over Georgia Southern. 24-yard field goal with a minute 46 left. Gunnar Watson, though, 270, two touchdowns. Georgia Southern actually threw the ball not well. I mean, it was three interceptions, but they did try to throw the ball. What do you think is really going on in Sageboro? Because that is the yin of the yang, the alpha omega of what we saw last week down in Statesboro versus what we saw this week in Troy. Yeah, I mean – comment right last week i mean he said look at the sd you fire your coach you're guaranteed to win the next week then let's see what happens uh and, and the the you know recipe to beat georgia southern's been out there for years if you force them to pass I mean, they they for, they threw the ball 27 times and three of them were picked off one of one of them just incredible the the kick pick uh that, that made sports center i know nationally but um they don't have quarterbacks that can consistently deliver the ball on time the, the thing that in that impressed me was the Troy run defense because you know Georgia Southern is going to run the ball. Yeah. They're going to try to run the ball. Uh, 38 rushes for 82 yards. Uh, that's not typically Georgia Southern football at all. And, and the game yet was still close. Yeah, and I'll give you like a little like compare and contrast. Logan Wright ran for 207 yards against Arkansas State, ran for negative one yard against Troy. So if you have a, if you have a team that can stop the run, then you can beat Georgia Southern. Georgia, I think we pumped the brakes on Georgia Southern's uh, ascent to uh, Sun Belt greatness, uh, maybe for a yeah, couple yeah. more weeks. Well, uh, Troy, we'll see what coach they get. Troy's been DNU for the Sun Belt for <laughs> years. I mean, Demarcus Ware, Jason Pierre, Paul, all those guys. So I'm sure they got some talent on the defensive line. Georgia Southern, it'd be interesting. I know, like I, I jumped on one of their message boards and stuff, and. They, I love I love their fans, but they're so traditional that they want to run an option off. Like they like don't want to hire a coach unless the coach is willing to keep Irk Russell's same game plans. And it's like, guys, man, I get it. But at some point you got to evolve because you're not, you know, in the FCS anymore. And you've got teams like Coastal, like Louisiana, like App State that are you know, becoming national brands and, and they're kind of falling a bit behind their rivals. So we'll see what they do. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I think the AD is keeping it kind of a secret right now, but. And going, going to Troy, I'm glad I'd love to get y'all's opinion on this, Dusty and Dan and Jeremy. Like I mean, what, how would you define Troy this year? Are they average? Is the team you just never know what you're going to get? Because just looking at the record, like I, I, I don't want to bet against them or for, for them because they may show up one weekend Play phenomenal. I mean, barely losing Liberty, you know, playing South yeah. Carolina in a close game, you know, a bit, but does he no offense? And then the Lobin Rogan's out there and just <laughs> whops. I, I, just, I just don't get it. And then they go out there, beat Georgia Southern. They lost their coach. Georgia Southern's still, you know, 
they still have players. I mean, they're, I know we're talking that, you know, they're, they're up and down, but Georgia Southern is still Georgia Southern, in my opinion. I, I, what, what, y'all's opinion on Troy? I mean, what kind of talent, what kind of team are they this year? They Jesse, have a, when we score. Jesse, when we first – uh, That's an issue. Yeah, when we first got, got together, we did a preview. And there are some people who really were up on Troy, really thought Troy was a complete team, had a lot of things going on. I never really saw it. I, I, I looked at the roster. I saw they had lost a lot of guys. I said, I'm not sure where, where the talent is. Well, the talent's all on defense. I, I think that defense is legit. They played uh, South Carolina incredibly. They play some other teams really tight. They just can't score points. In fact, uh, that the 27 points they scored against Georgia Southern was the most they've scored in a game all year. Uh, usually they score under 20. So I, I, there's something going on. Prof- there's something profoundly wrong with that offense, which is a little bit strange with Chip Lindsey at the helm. He seems like a big offensive guy, but it just hasn't happened for him this year. So uh, I maybe maybe uh maybe ben or dusty has more insight but i just can't see what's going on with that offense yeah 18, 18 points a game against uh you know you throw yeah. the game out into the fcs opponent uh, it's it's 18 points a game and i don't care who you are uh in the sun belt you have to score in order to win ball games and, and be competitive um and, and i mean they eke one out obviously there had had three interceptions and still only scored 27 points in the game but they had the sweet retro TSU logo back. Yeah, my, those, my those were nice. Yeah. Now, speaking of scoring, Louisiana's about scoring out state line four places. So just thought of that. Guess y'all uh, didn't see my bet. I just put out there for first quarter. What did you think? Here? Louisiana's going to score first? First quarter bet. App see, State. I, I always throw the dollar on the prop bet for that oddball touchdown of a safety pick six. It paid off in the ULM Troy game. I was hoping that tonight, you know, somebody would uh, fumble the ball or, or something would happen, but it looks like that's uh, going to go down the toilet there. Sorry to get off topic there. I just, I, he, they just threw like a 70 yard bomb. I was like, oh, okay. We're all ADD on the show as well. So, you know, no, we're good. <laughs> a game that I, I in, in true fashion, I couldn't pay attention to because it kept going on and on and on. <laughs> Texas State and South Alabama, four overtimes. Texas State's undefeated. How about the Bobcats? But I tell you, it looked like really South Alabama just kind of forgot that they had to play all the way through to the four quarters. They they had the game one and just all right. Yeah, you know, they just played a really tight game with the Cajuns, uh, and it looked really good against the Cajuns, even in the loss. Yeah, and then they 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 come up and say, well, now we're going to play the Bobcats. And if you've seen the Bobcats play the last few games, I mean, I, I've seen some really bad football out of Arkansas State this year, but nothing has really compared with the Bobcats. They have been just horrendous. And uh, I, 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 they don't seem to know their assignments. They don't seem to know what they're doing out there. They can't seem to get anything going. I thought South Alabama was going to steamroll these guys. Didn't happen. So good for Spavadol to find a way to get a win. Once yeah, Bobcats are one to know. That's all that you have to remember. We we talked about that when we did our show last night. It was like you feel like the season's like, all right, it's over. We know, who, but everybody's one to know, one and one, two and oh. like, like every conference is still wide open. Yeah, and and you got and you're looking at teams that's like, oh well, they're two and three. They must not be good. Well, yeah, but they're one to know in the conference. So well, let's remember South mm-hmm. Alabama. Weren't they like four and oh two weeks ago? I mean, yeah. they, they they were undefeated and yeah. then. Heck, they beat Louisiana. We're talking about you know, them, you know, compete for the Sun Belt potentially, you know. But 
special teams yeah. will win games or lose games for you. Yeah, to tell you the truth, I thought of South Alabama as just that one more step away from from being Sunbelt elite, maybe sneaking into that sort of Cajun air. Uh, they didn't beat they didn't beat the Cajuns, but I thought, okay, well, they, they showed they belong on the same field. Then they dropped this sort of this big turd against the Bobcats. Now you don't know what to think about South Alabama. Yeah. It goes back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast. You got so many guys at Sunbelt, it's like they're just all kind of just yeah. right there. You just don't know who's gonna win. And you always think like the teams like South Alabama that that upgrade facilities, right? You're like, okay, they'll be the next team to take to take a step. And even like, I mean, hell, Texas State Stadium is sweet. And you're thinking, okay, well, they're in Texas. They can recruit now. And then they don't sign one high school kid on signing day. <laughs> so you're like, so you're like, how, what is happening? <laughs> I forgot about that. You're like, I don't think they did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh? They did. Well, they kind of did. It was the same. They did, absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah okay. If you, if you well, talk to anybody that covers that team, they, they said basically, look. Really? You know, it, it, okay. For a year. I mean, Spavall, this is year three. Um, you know, they – you're you're not gonna go and get, you know get any kind of attention from recruits in the state of Texas when you're losing at an overwhelming yeah, clip. Uh, so he basically with it. They want to experience guys. I almost equate it to to college basketball, right? Like you go in there and you grab experienced players uh, who who you know what you're gonna get potentially. You know they they rebuilt the lines. Uh, I know defensively and in the secondary, uh, looking at guys. So, you know, the, the excuses kind of go out the window. Hey, we're, you know, we're building, we're building, we're building. Well, now some of these guys are, are built in this case. And, and that was, was a big win. And, and as you guys mentioned, uh, South Alabama, I mean, 24 to 10, they led, I think seven and a half minutes left to go in that game yeah. and completely fall apart. So, by the way, Louisiana has taken a 7-0 lead over Appalachian State to start the game. But one of the things that we had talked about, too, is Stavidal and that, 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 interesting approach he has to filling up his roster is I always thought he saw some of these younger coaches from the Sun Belt doing well and winning championships and and getting all this attention and I feel like there's a little bit of pressure on him you know he comes in from a a pretty well-known school what was it Arizona Arizona State comes in and he's supposed to be this air raid guy and bring a lot of excitement to San Marcos and so far you just haven't seen it at the speed that he probably wanted to see. I thought, well, maybe he's just trying to, to inject almost artificially that kind yeah. of, that kind of excitement. And the first few games, it looked like it, maybe, maybe it's finally coming to, together at South Alabama. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that Eastern, not Eastern Carolina, Eastern Michigan game on that horrible gray oh. drabby field God. was was their real showing of what that team is. Now, I think that they can still sneak up and get a couple more wins in the Sun Belt, but I don't think that they'll hit the six-win mark to go into the postseason. Just like our next game, our final game, the fighting Ben Moores, they, they, they beat me. Uh, Darren Granger, four touchdowns, 232 yards through the air. Panthers rush for 326. ULM nine penalties. And I know people are like, yeah. Under first-year head coach Terry Bowden, they have not been a heavily penalized team. So that was really surprising to see and almost makes you think that they're falling back into how they were last year, where you could tell at times ULM just gave up. And, and 38 unanswered points. Yeah, yeah. So, Ben, tell us, tell us how you guys did it. What was the secret? <laughs> I, I think it, you know, you've seen the shirts that just say run the ball. That's pretty much what, uh, what happened.
happened there. Uh, the Panthers, I mean, they, they put up 274, uh, 247 yards against Auburn, and everyone's like, oh, no, Auburn's defense. Uh, that's what Georgia State does. They want to run the ball under Sean Elliott. Uh, they did it against Charlotte and uh, just came out there and, you know, 50-plus rushing attempts. Um, this is a now a top 25 rushing offense uh, in the nation. So uh, that's what they do. The passing game, you know, obviously looked tremendous against Louisiana Monroe. That's something that really had been lacking, and, and a lot of folks were wondering where that was. Right ends, uh, basically all the skill positions, and it's uh, almost kind of a shame now. The Panthers have a bye week this weekend uh, to to basically get some of their guys back, back like Cornelius Coy was out with the hamstring injury, but uh, then you face the Texas State Bobcats. They come in uh, for homecoming, so it should be a, a potential, you know, another step forward for the Panthers. But a good road win uh, certainly makes everyone feel good about things, and um, you know, can move move forward. Um, Dusty, I know you and I were texting during the game. I'm not sure uh, the record for targeting and guys thrown out in the game, but uh, two to each side was uh, was kind of amazing. You know, you know. You know, Ben, going going back to what you said earlier, uh, what the group of five guys we're all about. You know, we're trying to bring more, you know, acknowledgement, recognition, you know, you know, support to these group of five teams and these power five guys, right? Like they're saying, oh, Auburn's defense that's terrible. These guys can't run the ball. Georgia State, we've been talking about all year. They got some dudes up front. You know, they'll they'll move your ass. What's his name? A tackle a Sprouse? It's an NFL guy. Oh, yeah, Travis Glover. Yeah, yeah, Travis Glover, six six, about three three forty. Maybe they'll move you, man. Uh, uh, yeah, he's big. You got Malik Sumter, one of the better centers there. Uh, Shamarius Gilmore, basically a guard who I believe will be the five-time All-Sun Belt uh, offensive lineman. Um, they got some dudes. And honestly, they, in the first few weeks, they just had been so poor. And that's one of the more frustrating things for Coach Elliott, former offensive line coach in the yeah. SEC. He wanted to be able to move some guys. And, you know, be, you know, he went and got those road graders. He, he made some changes moved around, kind of fired some guys up. And we talked about in the, in the pre-show, uh, got Darren Granger, you know, bench your star quarterback two games in, which is kind of a bold move, but uh, it's paid off so far with uh, with two wins in the last three games. You know, Jesse, you make a good point too, that it's something that we've groused about for a while. When a group of five team uh, does well or defeats a power five team, it's always, oh, there's something wrong with the offensive line or, or they just couldn't get up for the game or or what is going on it's never oh that that group of five team was just actually a better team oh that's just or, a quality yeah. opponent okay yeah yeah like we were talking about tennessee when georgia state beat tennessee oh, for, nothing for better georgia state was the better team it's like oh there's something going on it's still one of the best games ever there. me and zeke were together in key west florida surrounded by a bunch of all fans and me and him were the only ones in there shouting for georgia state going crazy <laughs> I mean, these guys about want to throw some fisticuffs at us. They were getting some mad at us. <laughs> One guy threw a chair in the pool. Yeah, I mean, these ball fans are crazy now. I mean, they were just they are this Airbnb. They are the worst fan base in the country. Just well, they gonna, they just they're the they most like naive. They, they yeah, they think they should beat everybody, and they're like, well, Tennessee should never lose to a Georgia State. And it's like, hey, where have you been the past fifteen years? Yeah, maybe longer than that. Obviously, the better team that night. I mean, they just played the game better. People forget if and size was score with with eight seconds left to go in that game. It's a two score game. Yeah, Dan Ellington was unstoppable in that game. Playing out his to his credit, called his shot in the spring game. Said we've seen some stuff there on film, and we believe we're going to go up there and win. And everyone just not you know 
nodded off. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right. That's just you, you know, a little, little bravado. They came out and dominated right away. And um, you know, it, it, was, it was a similar situation against Auburn. You know, two weeks ago, they came out there and again had the lead. Um, you know, played very, very well offensively, defensively at the line of scrimmage. Just couldn't generate enough offensively in the second half and uh you know i, I was i was there in the building and, and told folks walking out i said you know while a lot of that focus obviously was on the drop um you can't not score a single point in the second half to, to beat an sec yeah. team it's not yeah. working, you know didn't generate any kind of offense but you know to jeremy's point though and i said the same thing at halftime I was walking around a little bit and i told him i said you know if george State's able to pull this off it's gonna be all about oh my gosh auburn's so terrible and it was the same thing with tennessee yeah. oh my gosh Tennessee fans telling me we're not going to win a game. And I was like, y'all are be fine. Like, it's okay. And, yeah. and you saw they lost BY the following week and then went, what, eight and three the rest of the season and won a bowl game. So uh, it wasn't the colossal disaster that a lot of people thought of. But uh, yeah, Tennessee fans are special. They're still yearning for the days of, I think, Peyton Manning, T. Martin, and Peerless Price. And, uh, those are a long, long time ago. Long time ago. I, I believe the stat they're under 500 as a program since uh, since firing Phil Fulmer as a head coach. So not, not who they think they are. Yeah. Well, and there's State a difference is marching between, down the field. That's right. Sure they are. That's right. Uh, there's a difference between an upset and like just getting outplayed by somebody. Like like those games weren't like it wasn't like Georgia State had a bunch of you know freak trick plays or freak turnovers or anything like that. It's just like, sometimes, man, you line up and Hey man, you get beat. Like it happens. And, and these, these, you know, we always air quote power five because really the power five is like five programs and everybody else rides their coattails. But um, they just think like, there's no possible way we have more four and five star recruits than they do. So automatically we're better. And it's like, no, man, like, especially in today's age when, you know, there, there's however eight or nine division one programs in the state of Texas, like you're not getting every single player to the one and two schools anymore. So, um, yeah, I mean, it oh, is what it is. You're absolutely right about that, man. I mean, it, it used to be that there was a huge uh, talent difference between a group of five team and a power sure. five team. And when there was a, a, a defeat of a power five team, it was kind of a needed trick plays. Like yeah. sometimes you think of like when Georgia Southern beat Florida without throwing a pass, that kind of thing, you know, right. you, it just kind of one of those things that, that you, you just showed them something they had never seen before. Now you'll get a, a, a team like Appalachian state or like coastal Carolina who have the, yeah, I mean, they just have big. The 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 the, the teams are or the the personnel is just as big and just as talented. It's just sometimes it's just a matter of money, or it's yeah. a matter of location. We're constantly being we're constantly forced to play at their at their venues yep. and, and play on their own time. And then we're asked, well, why didn't you win the game? Yep. <laughs> so, well, and, and we would always say, you know, and and I'm sure Jesse can speak to it too. Like the main difference, like I feel like every power five game that we played in at middle was we were still in it about halfway through the third quarter but then what happens is there's a little bit of a drop off yeah like, up front right like <laughs> our first four d d linemen are yeah. really good yeah that's what after that maybe not quite where in the sec you know they got eight or nine dudes that they can just keep so after a while you know it's like okay now now the talent it's not necessarily the talent gap for the starters but once you're starting to roll into depth and exactly. you know, on the road, you, that's when it hurts. Yeah. From from playing experience, like the, the worst I ever been beat by was 
Arkansas State in that Sunbelt Championship game in 2012. <laughs> we get in there and they just whipped our ass. We didn't stand a chance. But, I mean, <laughs> we'd go play Power 5 teams and we were hanging in there with them the whole time. It's just more of like, yeah, that nose guard never gets tired because you got three of them. <laughs> that is exactly right. That's when you play a, guy, a team like Alabama, which Arkansas State played a couple of years, maybe last year, is that if one when one five-star goes in for a breather, another five-star comes in. So yep. it, that's hard to beat. But with it's Kansas State or, right. or Tennessee or, or these other teams, it, it, to me, the, the playing field's pretty even. So yep. a lot of people are – I think a lot, what bothers me sometimes is a lot of group of five teams sort of get a little too crazy when they win. I'm like, you're supposed to win those games. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's start acting like, no, this isn't like the biggest game of the year for us. This isn't our Super Bowl. This was just another win on the schedule. Well, it's funny. We, uh, when we were at App State a couple weeks ago talking to them, they were so pissed that they lost that Miami game. And, and it was like, <laughs> well, yeah. And it was like, you outplayed, like, yes, we're not talking, you know, and, and Miami's turning out to not be very good at all. But when you, if, if App State would have beat them, you know, it would have been eruption. Like they'd have been, mm-hmm. I think they're still ready to fire Manny Diaz down there, but like, They'd have fired them probably on the spot and like oh, hell, definitely. their fans would have lost it. But it's like, honestly, App State to that point was probably the best team that they played. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, Guaranteed. that's the fight we're up against guys. So as, as we talk about that, at that App State Miami game that kind of kicked off the season, what would you say is kind of the first half highlight? Like what was the one game that, that you've really liked or, you know, a stat that kind of jumped out you early on in that, that first half of the season? Well, I mean, for me, the game, and I probably all of us will agree, we were at the App State Marshall game. That's what I was going to say. And, I mean, that was, you know, preseason, probably your two favorites, you know, give or take a team or two in the Sun Belt and Conference USA. And, you know, the whole – we tailgated and everybody was like, well, you know, it's a Thursday night game. crowd's probably not going to be great. That place was incredible. And Marshall, you know, we walked away saying Marshall's really good too. And, and then, of course, you know, Zeke lost a bet and about ran onto the field and killed Nate Noel because Nate Noel laid down on the, on the four-yard line to not, to <laughs> not right, cover. Yes. <laughs> about to lose that first quarter bet. I just made a live <laughs> bet to try to keep, make up for it. <laughs> there it is. But, but, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's, a really, that's a really good question. I, I was trying my, – my answer was going to be as well. Sorry. App State, App State – no, no, because there's more than that, right? I mean, there, there's – I mean, to be quite frank, it's not really a, a moment, but just when South Alabama was 4-0, and I'm over here thinking like, really? Like, this this team is, is surprising me. I thought – I was different than I believe it was what Jeremy said, that he said he thought that Troy wasn't going to be that, that good this year. I thought beginning of the season, Troy was going to be the team to look out for and Georgia State, Ben – you are still pretty good, but you just can't finish. Uh, there's just like Georgia State, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so I guess South Alabama going 4-0 and then Troy and Georgia State not having a record I thought they'd have at this point. That's that's probably my – what sticks out to me the most. Yeah, and, and I agree with you about Troy. I think coming into the year, we didn't really know what Troy was going to be like. We knew that their defense was going to be pretty good. Was it going to be great? No, but it was going to be good. Um, I think that's maybe lived up to the hype. I was not somebody that bought into the whole Coastal Carolina hype, and I've noticed more and more of their coaching staff following uh, our our Twitter, uh, Funbelt PC. We're feeding their their their, their bulletin board. I know it. I know they are. Um, be, because 
there's nothing about that team that is just like, that's why they're good. And maybe that's why they're good is that they have just these guys that are kind of under the radar. I mean, Grace McCall, who knew about him last year? Right. Leon. He was a preseason All-American. How do you oh, not know man. about him going into the season? <laughs> you know, well, as- I have to admit that he did come in and, and he was preseason All-American. And a lot of us kind of rolled our eyes and go, okay, sure. All right, Grayson McCall. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, uh, at that time, there's a lot of uh, veteran quarterbacks coming in. But I saw, yeah, when I saw McCall play, you could see that he was he was definitely a special player. But you know, Dusty's saying he doesn't see why why uh, uh, Coastal Carolina what what they do well. That I feel like there is some sort of magic going on with McCall and Likely. They and and the way that they run that offense is actually very clever. You know, they can run the ball, but they can also throw the ball and. And, and they're just there's something very complete about the team that rivals Appalachian State in that way. Appalachian State to me is the most complete team in the Sun Belt defense and, and and offensive wise. But Coastal Carolina might be very close to that. And I, I will always say that I, until they come head to head, uh, I will say that Appalachian State's a better team. But uh, I, I feel like Coastal, you can't get take too much away from them. Well, Dusty, going back to – I'm sorry to interrupt because I don't know why I didn't make this my answer because I've been high on these guys since day one. I, mean, I, I love the Cajuns. I think they're, 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 there he goes. Bust it, baby. Bust it, bust it, bust it. Uh-oh. They're right, They're just taking it. They're like, oh, my God, he fumbled it. I hate having an online stream. Back, I have no back. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> We're watching the <laughs> game. No, sorry. Louisiana just busted one for 30 years. I was high on Louisiana since day one, and then I was so heartbroken after they – you know, laid a turd against Texas because I, they may not, Texas is obviously pretty good this year, better than they've been in the past, but I still think they could have made that a closer game, possibly won that game. Mm-hmm. And they're not exactly showing dominance on the field on teams. I think they could be beaten, you know, yeah, the, by more than one doing enough to win the game. They are winning they the game. They're doing so much more. Yeah. And so, you know, we're talking about app state and coastal and especially for uh, next week's next week's uh, showdown. I, I, Louisiana, man, I, I think this is the team to look out for still in the Sun Belt, and they're kind of showing that to App State at least with five minutes to go in the first quarter. Yeah, them scoring the uh, that first quarter, that first uh, opening drive uh, 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 was impressive. Sorry, that was surprising to me because I felt like Appalachian State was going to be a little more prepared, but they weren't. So Louisiana or the Cajuns seemed like just a, a kind of a a team that just sits there and let, lets you kind of bite at them and chew at them, and then they come out and win the game. Yeah. I love well, Billy Napier. Love him. And the, the good news for them, too, is they don't have to play Coastal until potentially the championship game. And I mean, even if they lose this game, it, you know, chances are they're still going to be in the Sun Belt championship game. So, no, Texas State surgeon. Want to know, baby? Hey, hey yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> But uh, don't yeah, discount Bobcats. All, all, all 22 year olds on that team. Was <laughs> <laughs> hey, it Bishop like Sycamore? <laughs> yeah. Sycamore out there playing. Oh man! So the flip side of that, we talked about the highlight. What was y'all's low light of the of, of the first half of the season? To to me, and and I didn't want to make excuses for Texas State, but when they lost to Infinite Word, every time you lose to an FCS school, that really drops the whole conference back. I mean, yeah. the 10 steps you've taken forward, you're taking 40 back. Yeah. 
And, and I, I realized that they didn't have a lot of their players through COVID. They didn't have this. They didn't have that. I get it. But the perception of, of the 50,000 foot and the casual fan is going to be, y'all lost to a Southland school and a bad Southland school at that. Yeah. Well, to, to their defense, and I don't like ever defending Texas State. <laughs> Especially the rival Texas State. The hated Texas State, those sons of bitches. But to, to, to defend them. Uh, I will say that a lot of Power 5 teams have been hit pretty hard by the FCS bug. And it used to be where if you got beat by an FCS, you might as well just pack up your shoulder pads and play next year because it was like that's the worst possible thing that that can happen to you. Uh, Sunbelt has avoided that bite for a few years now. I don't think they got beat for the last two years before this year getting beat by an FCS team. So we've been pretty fortunate for that. But I think the the early news for I mean whether it was Montana State coming out and getting their big win, a couple other place, a couple other small guys got got their wins against big Power Five teams. Uh, uh, maybe the FCS stigma isn't as bad as it used to be. Well, yeah, especially with so the you rush, the, rush the field. So after you beat your uh, FCS opponent. Well, <laughs> and, 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 and we've had that discussion before as well with the transfer portal and everything else. Yep. Just because you're playing McNeese, you might be playing kind of the rejects, for lack of a better term, of Arkansas, LSU, Texas, you know, Texas. Yeah. You're not playing the McNeese of old. You're playing basically the all-star team that's that's wearing Cowboys jerseys. Why are you bringing McNeese up? Did you do your research or something? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> McNeese been good since 2011, haven't they? <laughs> we were we, we contributed to that stat about losing to FCS schools in my junior year at MTSU. <laughs> Them boys were good now, I'm telling you. <laughs> They like just got out. Like they were like semifinals of the playoffs that year. But we linebackers could pop you. Well, I think it's I think it's kind of similar to how we talked about earlier of you know the group of five and and power five talent gap not being so big. I think now it's almost like those FCS FCS schools are kind of how the group of five used to be. So like they might sneak up and get you here and there, and and it's. You know, it's still we'll call it an upset, but I mean, man, until you get down to like probably some of the Division two or Division three schools, I mean, it's still Division one football players, man, and they were all the better players on their high school team, and they all, you know, and then you know, like you said, if it's a McNeese and they're playing against a team that all those guys probably did not get offered from, I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be wanting to win that game. Pretty pretty damn bad. But first half well, MVP, who you got? Come on, Matthew. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you said MVP of the Sun Belt. Yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you what, Levi Lewis keeps it up the way he's throwing the ball right now. It might be him. <laughs> he just threw another bomb. <laughs> uh, uh, but but I. The MVP. Actually, no, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to ride Levi Lewis. I think if he, if they win this game here and he 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 has an outstanding game, the game that he's been we've been waiting for him to have, and he takes Louisiana to win the Summit Championship. I've got Levi Lewis. No chance. That's <laughs> what you got. <laughs> and, and I think I think Levi Lewis is a, is a solid choice. I I think we sh- we saw that he was human when he had that bad game against South Alabama. There, um, I don't even think he had 100 yards passing in that game, from what I remember. Um, my MVP, Isaiah Lively of, of Coastal. Yeah. I, I, I think I've, I've started saying this the past few weeks, he will be the Sunbelt's next high draft pick in the NFL. 
I would, I would agree with that. I, I agree with that. I think I'm going to throw out Chase Bryce for Appalachian State, mostly because I thought I didn't give him any credit at all when when he was when he was brought in and everybody was talking about how he's going to just tear apart the Sun Belt. Uh, he had just abysmal stats with Duke. Uh, I, I didn't think he did very well with what was it the Gamecocks before that. So I thought, why would it translate? Why would he be any good at the Sun Belt? But the first game I saw him play, he was just a professional behind the uh, behind the uh, line of scrimmage or behind the center. Uh, makes great uh, makes great decisions, makes great throws. Uh, I, I think it might be uh, might be Chase Bryce. I'll and Zeke, you're going to hate this, I, and this is going to be just top of my head and somebody that nobody said before. It's Nate Noel, and the only reason I say it is because. When we were at that Marshall game and, you know, Cam Peoples and he's damn good too, but he had all the hype and he was in for the, you know, early stages of that game. And and when they started giving the load to Noel, he's a little more shifty and he kind of turned that game around in the Marshall game. And since then, I mean, he's been rolling. I think he's, I'm, I was trying to look up stats to make sure I didn't lie to anybody, but I think he's leading the Sun Belt in, in rushing right now, as far as yardage. He is a leader. Yep. Leader at the, uh, at the turn right now. Guys, yeah. we're talking about MVP of the Sun Belt. <laughs> are y'all y'all are forgetting like those? Uh, Chase Bryce, I'll give you I'll give you uh, a ballot on that one. But what about what about our boys at UTSA? Grayson McCall, who <laughs> could be he won't be a Heisman candidate. I mean, and, uh, what U- UTSA is not in the Sun Belt, my friend. Robert USA, like, I'm taking a group of five only. I'm, I'm sorry. But Grayson McCall, you're Grayson McCall, we'll give him. Edit that out, Dusty. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy on the edit tonight. So, you know, uh, all all Venmo's got to go towards Jeremy of this. Touchdown, Louisiana. I'll use some AI voiceovers to change that. But first of all, uh, UTSA, very good team. So, whatever you say. But but also, yeah, McCall is very good. And, and, and he probably does deserve it, even probably over Bryce at the moment. I just feel like – I just feel something about Chase Bryce. I think maybe I just feel guilty for not recognizing his skills at the beginning of the year because I really dogged the guy. I was like, why? Why is this guy who's never played a Sunbelt game in his life already getting, like, top honors and mentions and, 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 uh, and preseason hype? But he's deserved it. And right now, uh, Raging Cajun's up 14-13 against uh, Appalachian State. 14-3. It was what a big. It was a big question with Chase Bryce. I I agree because he had he had transferred from Clemson and then from yeah. Duke and then to App State, so he was a big question mark coming in. But I think he has played well. So yeah, maybe not so much tonight. He better better pick it up. He better pick it up because I got a bet with old Jesse here, and I'm, <laughs> well, they they need to slow down the score just a little bit because I took the under, so I need them to <laughs> chill out. Just a little too. Oh, look at that! Okay. Oh my God. I just took the money line. So, uh, you know, I love that Billy Napier, I don't know the context of what he said when he was like, scared money, don't make money. So yeah. with, with the Cajuns, but you, you mentioned UTSA and, and I'm curious to hear since y'all cover the other G five conferences, yeah. what are y'all's thoughts on the whole realignment and how exactly is that going to shake out? Please give us some wisdom on this. Well, I don't think anybody's got any real wisdom on it. I did oh. see what, what I was reading right before we got on that the Conference USA Commission sent uh, the American uh, Conference a letter. And I, to be honest, I, I would like to see a little more 
regionalized stuff. Now we, you know, I, I don't know. I'm glad the Mountain West guys stayed put. I'm glad Colorado State and Air Force were like, UCF disappointed me big time. I get I get yeah. Cincinnati. I get Houston. I'll, I mean, BYU, they're, in, they're independent anyway. Oh, with them anyway. I, but UCF taking this Big 12 deal to travel all the way across the yeah. country for, you know, I think Sprouse brought up the part last time, like, you know, going the baseball team, volleyball team, all these guys are going to be traveling. It's like it, just – hang out the ACC, maybe SEC, like that should be your goal, but American conference, it's a good conference. I don't know why you're so hurried to go out at the American conference to go to the big 12. You have two teams that would literally give their foot to get out of. I mean, it's, it's it, the big 12 is, is struggling right now. And I just, the realignment has been sitting salty on me. It just, yeah. I, I get tired of seeing breaking news on my phone. I'm scared to look at it, see what other teams trying to desert their conference. And Jesse, I agree a thousand percent on that. I, I didn't think anybody should leave for the big 12. The big 12 seems to me like the big East all over again. It'll just yep. sort of collapse and fall apart. And American was a, as a conference on the rise. Why not? It's just exactly right. It's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, let, and, and let the big 12 go to the American. And, and exactly. to me, it's all about, you know, it's all about branding and the Big 12 lost really their only two, football-wise, big brands. And if you look, and I mean, I've said it a thousand times to these guys, like, if you look at the American, top to bottom, in football, like, who in the Big 12 is a bigger brand than, you know, Cincinnati, UCF, SMU, Memphis? Like, I mean, who's the biggest brand now? Oklahoma State, maybe? I mean, you know, basketball, sure, Kansas, but God yeah. knows they ain't good at football. Yeah, I, I, Iowa, Iowa State's probably in that conversation as well. Yeah. Years, yep. for, both on the football uh, and basketball side of things. And, and I think it's something to, to consider, guys. Like the, the old AAC media contract, and I'm, you know, kind of the sports business dork around here, but, uh, you know, yeah. basically they, they increased the revenue basically big time on the men's basketball side of things and the football side of things, the new AAC deal. I mean, Mike Oresco was big about, Hey, wanting to get that, that, Hey, it's a billion dollars for a billion dollars. Um, when you get programs, multiple programs now looking around and going, nah, we're good. Um, the mountain West was paying, I think $4 million per school. Uh, so in their belief and their consultants belief for the folks that I even talked to that cover this nationally, uh, they don't think they're getting 4 million a year. Uh, their money is going to be extremely low because they lost heavy hitters. Cincy, Houston. I mean, these are yeah. you know 16 Final Four teams on the basketball side. We know obviously football drives the bus. So um, it's interesting to me now. Now, what does the American do? You know, you you have you know they they've got egg on their face in the last two weeks where they look around and going, hey, nobody wants to you know come join join our uh, sandbox and play with us. So uh, now, I mean, UAB's out there obviously as as a name. Uh, everyone seems to be you know, leaving Conference USA yeah. or leave Conference USA. But, you know, as Keith Gills kind of continue to say, they feel like they're in a good spot. And, you know, their their new ESPN deal, uh, you know, takes it takes effect July 1st of next year and will pay the schools more. So um, it's it's going to be very interesting. There's not a whole lot of folks that think there's going to be Sunbelt movement, you know, somebody yeah. trying to move forward. Um, so it may be, a, you know, Conference USA, you know, basically brand new. But then it, when you talk about travel costs, you know, you, mm -hmm. you have – Sunbelt schools who are bouncing all around, you know, the American, uh, a lot of these schools too were hit really, really hard by the pandemic and, and didn't have a whole lot of revenue coming in. So um, it's, it's, you know, some of these folks need to take a really, really hard look at their, uh, at their budgets. Yeah. I just Dusty. hope that if, uh, sorry, Jeff, uh, if 
more teams leave, you know, especially if some more power five realignment happens, I I'd like to see, you know, there are some of those FCF school or FCS schools that, I, that I'd like to see, you know, uh, a, a James Madison or a Jacksonville state or something like that. Coming down the money though, man. Yeah. Madison charges over $2,000 per student for their athletic fees. They will, would be the highest in division one. That's the reason why they are. And, and a dirty secret about coastal Carolina too. I found in the last two weeks, there is a state of South Carolina tax. that comes the sales tax that actually benefits coastal that gets to ride a pretty good amount there. So there's, there's some background employees and a lot of folks don't, unless they'd really do the reporting on it. Uh, you don't really know about it, but yeah, James Madison would have to significantly cut their, uh, their subsidy there, which I don't think they want to do. You can't talk to Ben about this because he's got like a spreadsheet <laughs> and he uh, just knows all the, all the number values. So it, it, that's great. I just talked to the national guys who cover this stuff. That's, that's the biggest well, God, well, it's great I, because I, I, guys I like me, all we do is speculate, and we think we see like, well, James Madison's good, so they should go, and we don't know. Sprouse, Sprouse, break. Uh, Louisiana is beating App State's ass. It's twenty-one to three, Louisiana. It's just astonishing. Thank you for ruining that for me because they are just now about to punch it in. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> twenty-one to technology. God, <laughs> dreaming, baby. That's I knew I should have took the over. That, that twenty-second delay, right? Oh, well, I'll go ahead and just own up to I my loss bet after the first quarter. Russia. I mean, but it 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 cost uh, the right amount, so that's what we roll with. Wow. Uh, well, App State, it, Louisiana misses the uh, PAT. So uh, we're back. So you're back. Uh, well, I mean, it. <laughs> you were just set up. <laughs> just go ahead and tell me Santa Claus isn't real. Also, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done reporting. So. We, look, we looked at the first half of the season. We talked mid. Now we're rolling on to week seven. It gets started, obviously, tonight, Appalachian State, Louisiana Lafayette. Can we predict well, who's going to win that three. game? Should we go ahead and predict Dusty? Should we predict who wins that game? And, Let's do it. I, 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 I had Louisiana Lafayette anyway. Um, I, I really feel that Billy Napier was kind of sandbagging, getting ready for this game and and trying to get his team up and going. So I, I had the Cajuns even before that. It's far from over. It's, there's three quarters left, and App State can score on a dime. So this kind of has that feeling of this game where App State can make some adjustments and yeah. come because this team, if if any team can do can make a comeback, it's it's App State. Tyler's absolutely right on this. Go with Tyler's analysis on this because what what uh, Appalachian does like likes to do is most of all is to sort of make you think that get you comfortable, make you think you're going to win, and then they start pouring it on, and that's what's going to happen in this game. Sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think App State does a great job of controlling the game. Obviously, at this point, it's four. What is it? It's twenty to three. Twenty to three. So. Uh, Louisiana, Billy Napier knows his chance to win the game. He's going to have to come out firing and build the momentum early. But I think App, App State, um, in our time that we visited there, you know, their, their football culture, their, their poise, they're calm, and I think they do a good job of, of controlling the game. So I don't think they're out of it yet. But, well, now here's the yet. thing. If uh, Let's just play hypothetical here. If Louisiana finishes this deal off, and then App State beats Coastal next week, they'll have more than likely 
Oh, well, uh, Texas State, we can't count them out. I'm so sorry. We're counting out Texas <laughs> But you more than likely have a rematch down in Lafayette, you know, in December there, so. Which is great for me because it's closer for me to actually be able to make the championship game. So I, I, I hope for that scenario. And we've not been to Louisiana, but I may or may not have committed to a couple people on Twitter that we would if they hosted, you know. Oh, well, then you're going to have to go, I think. Oh, boy. Yeah. I, I, I have every intention of being there for Ben's Panthers invading the swamp coming up here uh, several weeks away. Yeah, we have more Sunbelt preseason. FBI said they said that they would win at Auburn. It was a higher percentage chance to win at Auburn, uh, which they almost did, to then to go to Louisiana. So yeah, that'll, that'll be a rough one. <laughs> Thursday Thursday night, Georgia Southern against South Alabama. I I mean, which Georgia Southern team shows up and is South Alabama thrown in the towel because they lost last week? I think that's the keys to the game, and. and because it's in Mobile, I lean a little bit more towards the Jags winning that game, but it could be pretty ugly. Also, I think, I, I, despite what happened with Texas State, I, I really do think South Alabama has a fairly good defense, and I think a pretty good defense is is all you need to have to beat Georgia Southern. So I'm picking Georgia, uh, South Alabama again, even though they keep breaking my heart, but I, I think they pull out this game. Yeah, I think Jake Bentley uh, is a key factor in that. I mean, J- Jalen Tolbert's one of the best wide receivers, uh, I think, in the group of five. You know, I think he's a guy, the secondary, certainly the Eagles have has been a little suspect at times. They lost uh, Derek Canteen, their best cornerback, uh, I believe, in week two or week three to a torn peck. Um, I, I think South Alabama uh, gets back on on track, and and I think they're, they're to me, probably one of those programs that I would highlight that's, uh, you know, in them running for that fifth bowl spot. Yeah, I don't know if I, uh, y'all want our opinion or not, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, we it's, always like, welcome opinions. <laughs> well, well it Sprouse, we guys went at the same time. Hey, South Alabama, 4 0 at one point, tough loss to, to Louisiana, you know, tough loss to Texas State. This game here probably makes or breaks them. If they lose this game, they probably end up probably losing the season, if that makes sense, you know, lose the locker room. But if, if they can bounce back, win this game, you know, they, they have. A little, little more chip on their shoulder. So I'm going to go with South Alabama beat Georgia Southern at Mobile. I think they surprised everybody coming into the season. Talking about South Alabama, I think they surprised everybody, including themselves. And <laughs> I think this is kind of one of those must-win games that pushes the momentum or else it is they may tuck their tail and run on in. So, I mean, I think we've all played on teams like that. And we understand the importance of this game. So I'll take South Alabama. You know, I'm pretty sure that yesterday I picked Georgia Southern. <laughs> so I can't change. I can't, I can't pick a different team on every podcast, but I, uh, Our analysis has changed your mind. Well, that's true. You guys told me, but you know, <laughs> truthfully though, Georgia Southern, and, and this is kind of why I was other than the Gavin Adcock story. I was a little anti getting rid of coach Lunsford was because first couple games of their schedule like they weren't going to win the like i don't know who thought they were going to win those games and they've been playing better the last two or three weeks um you know what screw it i'm sticking with them i'm sticking with georgia southern god i'm gonna say they beat south alabama but they've right. been they have been playing better and, and i you know they they had a chance to rattle off a couple wins here but we'll see matthew's a man of principle he's gonna stick by stick right. by the guns 
Yeah, I, I feel like South Alabama should win this game. Um, I, I, I personally feel like they're the better team here. But you can tell Vegas by having South Alabama favored by three points. They're not really sure which South Alabama team is going to show up here. So if if South Alabama plays like we know that they all should – that they should play like, I think that they win, and I think they cover that three-point spread. Troy travels to San Marcos. I like the Bobcats. I'm going to ride them. They're one and zero. They're going to be two and zero, baby. Two and zero, leading the West. <laughs> Jeremy, you're just <laughs> I picked your rival. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, um, uh, you know, Troy's got a great defense. So, and defense wins championships, Dusty. They're not going to win the Sun Belt Championship with it, but I think they're going to beat Texas State with that 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 uh, defense. And uh, simply because for the matter is, well, all right. I think they played above their heads against South Alabama. I don't know what what was going on. I don't know if there was if they were inhaling some uh, some asbestos from uh, from uh, Lad People Stadium. I don't know what it was, but I, I feel like that's not going to happen again. I, I feel like we're going to see the same old boob cats. With, uh, Whoa. <laughs> I know. Well, I hate those guys. They're sons of bitches. I've been trying to make Arkansas State, Texas State a, a, a rival for a long time, and it just hasn't gelled. And I keep thinking if I insult them enough, maybe it'll happen. But with that being said, I don't think Texas State has the guns. I don't think they have the, 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 the guns to beat Troy's defense. So I think Troy wins another one of those 18 to 15 games. Yeah, with the with the under at forty eight currently, uh, I I agree. I, I like Troy. Uh, low scoring game. We talked about a little bit earlier. Troy's averaging less than nineteen points a game against FBS foes. Uh, I think they find a way. Uh, Texas State, you, you ride the wave too. That that four overtime win uh, can take a little out of you. So I'm interested to see uh, you know if, if they can uh, generate enough. You know, I think it's close through halftime, and I think Troy finds a way to win. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely gonna gonna ride out with Troy here. I mean, I, Dusty, I appreciate your uh, your confidence in, in Texas State, but <laughs> I think I think after you know Troy getting that tough win this past weekend, I think they're gonna keep riding high. They're gonna take care of Texas State. Yeah, I, I like Troy. I like Ben's take on that overtime game. Just you know, emotions up and down. It's tough to come back the next week and and play a, a tough game. So I'm going Troy. T-Roy, baby. I like to take, Ben. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Troy. Um, but I see what Dusty's saying with Texas State. I mean, massive win last week. And I like they're, they're, they're riding that momentum into this game. I think they keep it close. And what Ben was talking about earlier, can Troy score enough points? Um, that, that's going to be a big question this game. Um, current line, Troy's favored by seven and a half on the road. Um, I think Troy wins, but I, I don't think they cover the seven and a half. Ooh, yeah. So, so you're saying the Bobcats win in a way? I mean, if you take the, the group of five guys winning, yeah. plus seven and a half, then yes, you're win a money. Winner. Yes. <laughs> the nightcap Saturday, the Malik Willis show heads to Monroe. The Flames are just going to burn the Warhawks. Um, I, I would I would like to say that it's going to be a competitive at least first half, but I, I just don't see it. Uh, that the team looks like they're just on the the cusp of of kind of losing the locker room and, and resorting back to 2020. But as as I, I'd said earlier, 
this team, ULM, was only expected to win a game and a half on the Vegas odds. They're at two wins. So you have house money. I mean, if, if, if they go out and compete, they get a little bit better so that next year they can actually get to that three win, four wins, and so forth, so be it. It's, it's, it's all about building for the future under Terry Bowden than it is winning this game against Liberty. You know what? You, you know that speech in, uh, in uh, Independence Day where the president gets up and makes that rousing speech? Oh, that yeah. just as good about ULM. <laughs> I, I, am, I am pumped up. I am, I am a stoked Warhawk right now. And I, and he's I, still picking Liberty, but he's still. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see ULM being Liberty. But maybe they cover the spread. That is a big spread. And the last time we saw a spread that big was, though, against <laughs> – um, against uh, the the uh, coastal Carolina, and you guys didn't cover that spread. So I I, I don't know if if I, I don't know if you you can you can even cover the spread on Liberty, but I think you can. That's is that played at ULM this year? It is on the Bayou. Mm-hmm. Oh well, then definitely, yeah. Take the points, yeah. So I think a, a moral victory is is coming <laughs> up for ULM. FCS mentality. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it is the Malik Willis show. I think it's uh, what we talked about a little bit earlier about Coastal Carolina, you know, needing some style points to get ready. I think Liberty is, is receiving votes in the coaches poll, uh, you know, putting up a big number here may catch uh, a voter's eye or two to try to get even closer um, you know, with, with that win and a blowout win. That's, that's already bowl eligible. I believe they're six and one. So um, I think they have an opportunity uh, to put up a big number and uh, the fighting Dustin, Dusty Thibodeaux uh, may, may have a have a rough Saturday. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that Monroe PD will be present because they're going to be investigating a murder. They're going to see Hugh, <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Freeze for killing the Warhawks. So it's, it's going to be a it's going to be a bloodbath, probably. Sorry. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, Malik Willis. He he's he's good, man. He's he's a little too good, I think. So they uh. I mean, and they've been – they've already got some good wins. They beat UAB. They beat the hell out of middle last week. When, when I went and did my tour – I'm not going to use any names. When I was on a tour at UAB, I was my, – my alma mater was about to play Liberty that weekend. And UAB played Liberty for their first home opener for their new stadium. So, I was just like, how good's Liberty? And they were just like, Malik Willis, he's, he, he's, he's phenomenal. And then – and I said – well, you know, MTSU beat Marshall. They're like, yeah, we love that. And I said, how do you think they're going to do at Liberty? He says, they're going to get crushed. <laughs> <laughs> like Liberty's Liberty's real deal. Yeah. Yeah, Liberty's good. I don't think there's – I don't – I don't – I don't, it's, it's tough. I mean, that game I mean, could be 35 to nothing at halftime. They might – I mean – Yeah, I think it will be – I think it league. will be – this has he's like, all right, guys, all right, see y'all later. You. <laughs> Sorry, no, you guys is. are discounting. This is a Warhawks team that beat Troy. This is a Warhawks that is true. That, that is very true. This is this is a Liberty That's team not you Troy. have not seen. <laughs> and, and, and they beat. Don't call him Neon Dion Sanders on straight field goals. We don't That's need right. end zone to win games. So you besmirch ULM at your own risk. <laughs> Yeah, we're, I'll we're take just, that risk. <laughs> <laughs> this week I will. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. 
Well, guys, that's a wrap on another episode. Can't thank the five guys for joining us this week and, and talking some Sunbelt Conference football, as well as throwing in their knowledge from across the G5. We always end every show, guys, with a parting shot promo. Uh, what is it? Parting shot promos and whatever. It's say what you want to say. Give your peace. All I want to say is don't look now. But the Mountaineers are driving. Yeah. And, uh, also, oh, I want to say, no, hey, thanks for letting us come on. I'll do a shameless plug here. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Group of Five Guys. It's real simple. Um, and then, you know, we do our our podcast airs every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. So uh, make sure you check us out there. We had uh, going on right now. We had Will Healy from Charlotte on uh, this week. So it's a pretty good time. So we try to have some some fun have some good guests and we get all our gambling picks so make sure you check us out i will just say that the arkansas state red wolves are taking a bye this week so i'll be spending a lot of time trying to convince my readers that this is a rebuilding year for red wolves and that we should embrace that i've written a story on that on howraiser.com please check it out i would appreciate it and thanks to the uh, group of five guys for joining us tonight. We really did appreciate that. This was a lot of fun, especially with this group of, or Sunbelt game being on and all of us sort of looking back and forth at the score and seeing what's happening. It's been a, it's been a blast. Yeah. You know, I know. And I guess I will say something. I, when we started the group of five guys, uh, interception, Louisiana, I'm going to broadcast this when he's at the 35, 40, he got tackled. They're not marching anymore. Matt Sprouse. When we started this thing, uh, you know, a, a couple years ago, I, I noticed that y'all, you know, y'all, you know, shot us a follow. So y'all been following us and we really appreciate that. And, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, maybe get on another podcast with y'all and, uh, you know, see how this Sunbelt year, you know, ends up turning out. Looks like Louisiana might be looking like they might be in the conference championship. They keep this up. So. Hey, what do you they know? The, the, the Cajuns just got an interception. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening here? All right, goodbye. <laughs> get your shot lined up, Sprout. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'll get it lined up. Man, Chase Bryce. Sorry, bud. Yeah, I just I just made him the MVP, and he immediately made me look bad. So we're going to be editing that out of the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my parting shot. You know, last week I said I was good. Everything was right in the world. I'm always sitting on pins and needles whenever I know that ULM has a game that is just like, good God, what have we gotten ourselves into? And I, I feel like that's the, the case this week. The good news is, is I think that Malik Willis and Liberty kind of give a little bit more credibility to the G5. There will be people out there that perceive that it's a Sunbelt Conference game, so it will help uh, maybe falsely give a little bit of boost to the Sunbelt Conference. But it's it's probably going to be ugly. I would love to be wrong, nothing else. But, uh, you know, other than that, just ready to see how the week plays out. Watch some good old uh, Bobcats go to 2-0 and and, uh, you know, have fun and do it again next week. The mighty Bob, those damn Bobcats. We can't have 2-0. and Those oh Bobcats God. go 2-0. and The first person I'm thinking of is Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll have to get we'll have to get you guys back and, and we'll uh, we'll discuss idaho at some point and dusty's uh, obsession with the kibbe dome but that today <laughs> I, I, I echo the sentiments wait, wait, wait. of yeah, y'all y'all probably played in the kibbe dome didn't y'all mm-hmm. uh-uh. no you know you played in the kibbe dome 
Mm-mm. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm sorry, Dusty. You have missed out yes, on yes. all athletics. You, sir, are demoted back to peewee football and have to try it. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, guys. Uh, we really appreciate you having Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was going to be my party shot. And ultimately, you know, I think the biggest thing, the more the merrier when it comes to the group of five. I think, you know, Dusty, myself, uh, Jeremy, you know, one of the reasons why we do this is, is just to kind of uh, provide some of those folks uh, we, we, we know, especially the way journalism and local local coverage is, you know, locally in, in these markets, uh, they're going to be dominant by the, you know, the Power 5, ACC, SEC, you know, Big 10, Big 12, uh, going to dominate the media coverage. And you're seeing it less and less and less. We, we've seen uh, programs in the Sun Belt, even guys that we have talked to literally this season, switch their beat uh, from the Sun Belt teams and go to the the power five team so uh we we, have, we applaud obviously what you guys do and, and we'll continue to obviously promote what you guys do make sure you follow the group of five guys they do great work and, and do a great job covering everyone there uh i like jeremy we have a bye week uh so you know all the panther fans can go and uh, find their local pumpkin patch i guess or get the <laughs> list um and uh, I, I will be knee deep in recruiting uh planning on you know uh, putting some uh, things out uh, with the nine commits that Georgia State has, including one of the best uh, running backs in the state of South Carolina. Guy has seven, has 1,400 yards and 18 touchdowns already in seven games. So, uh, KZ Adams. Shep- and so, uh, we cover recruiting, man. You know, Dusty's over there, you know, at a recruiting network. I'm at a recruiting network. So, uh, we, we're excited about that. But uh, appreciate y'all, y'all joining us, fellas. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got, Dusty.